Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Panther Paris. Today we have joining us Roy Bellamy of the Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gotts on Pirate Radio. If you haven't been listening to them lately, I don't know what you're doing. Their content has been absolute gold lately, but uh, we're going to talk about some hockey today. Uh, I also have our normal hosts, Jacob Langsam and TJ Peterson. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing great. Another Panthers win, uh, another Carter Hagee goal. Uh, a new car and uh, a dice vault. There we I'm go. Having a great new weekend. car. Where'd that come from? You got a new yeah, car. New car. Got a new car. Let's get that right off the top. All right. <laughs> yeah. So this is the only thing we're going to talk about for the next fifty minutes. So welcome to the Nissan Altima podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I probably wouldn't have gone with the Nissan, but you know, and that's just. Uh, that's just oh, was that a, <laughs> you decided to go with the Nissan? Was that a Princess Claire sighting on the podcast? No, no, she's uh, in the living yeah, room. Yeah, as, right as we all know, there's uh, plenty of plenty of sightings on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Theater of the mind. Theater of the mind. <laughs> talking about Dude, talking about things the mind. You can see here on our corners of Zoom is definitely great radio. <laughs> <laughs> Theater of the mind. <laughs> uh, finally, someone else who gets the show on here with me. He just happens to be on the show. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you yeah. Go. I mean, any but, anytime we can give you a dub, Alex. There we go. Um, it's a win. It's a win. Well, Roy, why don't you start us off? What are your thoughts on the uh, Panthers 5-0-1 start so far? Never happened in franchise history. It's, uh, it's the best start. And uh, I, for one, am uh, did not see this coming. Uh, I assumed that it was going to be, even with four games postponed, it was going to be probably half this. And them getting 11 points so far to start this season is a damn near miracle. And you see the way they're playing. You see the play of uh, Patrick Hornvis, who is the... I, like, there hasn't been play in front of the net like this for the Panthers yeah, in a very long sure. time. And he's getting goals in the 30 areas, the areas that you don't want to get into. He's getting those goals. And... It's just been amazing to see. It's toughness that I haven't seen the Panthers have in front of the net yeah, in a long that. time. And you see the first line. You see uh, Declare Barkov and Verhage. Like it's, I kind of had an inkling that Carter Verhage was going to have a probably a good season. I didn't see <laughs> this coming. I didn't see Declare coming. You know, it, like... That line, driving to the net, is one of the best in the league. Because you got Declare going to the net, and you got Verhage clean up whatever rebound that he created out of that chaos, and you got Tarkov. It's just amazing to see so far. Yeah, we were talking about it before we started recording that the Panthers have a legitimate first line. That's about eight and a half million dollars against the cap. It is absolutely beautiful. And it talks to what uh, Bill Zito and his staff did this offseason, binding diamonds in the rough guys who, because of COVID, kind of shook free. Like Carter Verhage wasn't going to shake free if, if, you know, we don't have a flat cap because of COVID. Anthony Duclair probably doesn't shake free because Ottawa is losing a ton of money and Melnick didn't want to pay him. Like, these are guys that would not have been available and the Panthers did a great job of identifying them. And we kind of heard like, even before it started, these are two guys to look out for. And my God, they've been great. I disagree on one count there, Alex. I do think Verhage still shakes free because there's one thing he was craving that Tampa could not give him no matter what the cap was. And that is top line ice time. Panthers but, can offer him that. Yep. The Lightning well, were not yes. going to do that. They still would have had to trade him, though, because he would have been a restricted free yeah. agent. Then they just right because they, they non-tendered him because they couldn't they couldn't get him right. out of the cap. Yeah, they couldn't get him out of the cap. Yeah. So then we would have done the uh, the hashtag offer sheet for Hagee, and it would have been fine. 
Yes, because obviously yeah, right. yeah. the point to point sponsored hashtags always happen. Yeah, that's right. Well, 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 Roy, what do you think about the offer sheet? You got to do what you got to do in that situation. You see somebody who who is a an RFA, you you got to at least try. Thank you. Because they can afford it. Yeah. Thank you. They can't, oh, definitely. They could have afforded him. Very expensive uh, second line forward, <laughs> basically on Tampa. So, hey, the Panthers made it out there with a uh, with a yeah. bit of gold. So, good job, good job, our Bill yeah. Zito, by the way. I, you know, I didn't expect him to make a uh, like the goodest move. Like I expected him to, you know, get some toughness, you know, like something that the Panthers didn't have last season, and try to. Get the uh, scoring opportunities in areas around the net and in the face-off circles in the quality areas. Sure it up. I thought that Gudis was slow. I thought that he was cement-footed, but you know he's had a, so far a very good start to the season. I think the moves that Zito has done in the off-season has definitely paid off so far early in this season because the Panthers, for well, body of work, are not good at the beginning of seasons. Very slow start starts every single season, except for maybe three, three seasons. So to get off to the franchise best start, hey, all credit, all credit due to Bill Zito. Good job on him. Hey, you can't and, suck in October and November and miss the playoffs if you don't play any games in October and November. Yeah. So, the month is that, the problem. We should that, start that, every that, season in January. Yeah, you think we can petition the <laughs> NHL and, and maybe we'll get some success with that. 54 games for the rest of uh, yeah. Of course, Bill yeah, Zito came in with the whole idea of changing the culture of the Panthers, and uh, he he came in with that Columbus mindset, that like that toughness mindset. The we don't necessarily need the superstars; we just need the right guys. Uh, they found those diamonds in the rough, and as of right now, guys, the Florida Panthers are sitting pretty uh, at the top of the Central Division, first place with 11 points tied with Columbus, but with that one extra regulation overtime win uh, to put them and with three fewer games played than Columbus. Well, we'll see after the Blackhawks game tonight because that's who they're That's playing. true, too. Uh, hopefully, they don't go in overtime. might jump to 13 points tonight. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I do have... I'm not going to be sweating over it, uh, to be honest. I have, my, my brother and I are parlaying against... Uh, so Chicago is winning. Uh, Detroit and Chicago, Chicago is winning right playing. now. Oh, you got to be kidding me. No, that's good. I'm trying to win money <laughs> right now. Come on. I, yeah, I, I mean, appreciate your, your money, Alex, but uh, it's more important for me to be able to say that the Panthers uh, are ahead of Columbus with four games in hand. Speaking of which, we're all in the Dogecoin AMC and uh, GameStop money ship to the moon, right? Uh, to, to the Dogecoin. Dogecoin. I am, I'm in Dogecoin AMC. I did not get it, on, game, it, it on uh GameStop on time. A friend of mine, a friend of mine told me about GameStop, not not like what was going on. He had uh his his free stock from Robinhood was GameStop. So he had he had one <laughs> oh, share of GameStop him. and sold it like two weeks ago because it started oh. going up. We, oh, we, not right, we didn't know we didn't know what was going on with Reddit. He just saw GameStop go from like I don't know, 18 a share to 60 and was like, okay, I'm just going to sell this because it was free and that's just 60 bucks in my pocket. Mm-hmm. So he told Boy, me about it at that dumb. point. I had no idea what was going on with Reddit, but I, ah, mm. <laughs> I was so, so upset well, I put three days later. <laughs> I put $50 on Dogecoin on January 7th. Oh, man. There we go, Roy. Roy. Mm -hmm. Yes, (laughs) yes. That thing ballooned to $350. That's that's money away to the new car. What was it it you wanted again? It was a a Camaro? Uh, Ford Mustang. Mustang. That's what it was. I keep forgetting. My wife wife is keeping an eye out for for good used cars to send you, but we haven't seen anything good lately. Uh, Good, good. Depends on uh, how this turns out. I might end up getting (laughs) it. There we go. (laughs) Get Dogecoin to like twenty five cents, and uh, we're AMC thirty dollars, GameStop a thousand dollars. We're aiming for a dollar. We're aiming for 
I mean, <laughs> if it's a dollar, it's easily its market cap would be in the trillions. As this is now uh, Dogecoin Paris, and we're not talking hockey anymore. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I don't see a dollar as humanly possible. It's just there. Too many people would need to pump tons of money into it. But I have enjoyed watching it on Binance US and seeing hundred thousand dollars traded of a meme coin at a time. And I'm just like, my mm-hmm. God, people have money to throw away. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, $50 is a, is a lot. It is a lot of money. <laughs> if we can get Dogecoin up to, uh, up to, up to $1, I'm bringing my Ultima back and trading it in for a GTR. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When this Dogecoin thing started up, I was going to try to get Coin A West to be trending again, but then I realized it. Oh, wow. <laughs> It actually got taken wow. away. There's no more Coinier West. Oh. oh, that's too bad, man. Oh, man. Long live Dogecoin. Yeah, Dogecoin <laughs> is, is the uh, the phoenix that rose from the ashes of Coinier West. I, I have been enjoying just these the thirsty people on Twitter, especially the blue check marks who are like, you got to buy Doge, Dogecoin, like clearly just for their own self-interest. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, like me. <laughs> I wasn't, but on a totally buy, unrelated uh, note, buy AMC and GameStop and all this other I mean, stuff. I was more and, talking and about Nokia uh, and BlackBerry. Don't forget exactly. Nokia and BlackBerry. The Nokia and BlackBerry. Yeah. Welcome to <laughs> Meme Stock Parade. Yeah. This yes. is Panther where we Parade. talk about what you guys expected. <laughs> okay. I'm, go- I'm going to attempt to do the full 180 and get back into the Panthers here. Boo. Uh, uh, yeah. Is so Is that a stock? What are they trading? No. At? Yeah, not a publicly traded. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, the strengths that I want to point out for the Panthers, you guys already talked about the first line. Wait, TJ, and... I've got it. Ta- speaking about stock rising quickly, Carter yeah, Verhage. Carter Verhage, yeah. I mean, I feel like pump and dump. That is not an awkward transition. Carter, Carter Verhage's impact has been easy to notice. And, yep. you know, we talked in the offseason about how, hey, this is a goal scorer. He's got a good shot. You know, he gets good at puck retrievals. But I've been very happy with his passing as well. I mean, the goal that he set up for Barkov against Columbus in the first game, I believe it was, was just outstanding. And his, his passing has been on point. How about the goal, the goal that Verhege scored tonight? I mean, I'm pretty sure that play started with him drop passing to Barkov and then rushing to the net. Oh, that was a gorgeous play. It was beautiful. Finding the exact right spot in front of the net, putting his stick for Barkov to hit it. Like, that is a high IQ play. And look, it's a smart play, and it's a high skill I don't want to take anything away from Alexander Barkov's ability to read a play and make a pass. That play was all Carter Verhage. Yeah. He yeah. dropped the puck off and made a beeline for the net, hope, assuming that whoever picked up the puck would find him. That I don't play want to was say all that, Verhage. Barkov's just the one who happened to pick it up. I don't want to I mean, necessarily a... say that Barkov is Crosby, but you know, if you remember that, <laughs> but Alexander Barkov oh. is better than prime Sidney Crosby. Don't at me. I mean, that's a four letter word around here. Man. Fair enough. <laughs> but um, early in Crosby's career, there was always a conversation about, Oh, you know, what's the right kind of player to play with Sidney Crosby. And I'm kind of reminded with that of that when I see Barkov and Verhage play together. Because Verhage, he may not be a first-line caliber player. Maybe he is. We haven't really seen enough of him play those minutes to say whether or not for sure. But he has undeniable chemistry with Barkov. I mean, the two's, the, their styles just mesh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we touched on it a little earlier, but the fact that you basically have two people off the scrap heap and that playing with Barkov, and that's your first line. Like That's how the Penguins were so good for so long is because they'd put just anybody with Sidney Crosby and that was their top line, and they were all playing at a 60-plus point pace. And that meant you like you could spend way more money on your second and third line and just run four lines through people, just run over teams. And if the Panthers can, you know, build that depth out and you know improve on that second line center, as we were talking before we started recording, like the Panthers can, you know, they can use all their cap space to their benefit because their top line costs eight million dollars. Like right. that's amazing. But well, mm-hmm. at the same time, you also have to think about that against like Bobrovsky and Strawman and yeah. So that's it, it, it's not like we have all this free room because we're only paying our top line eight million bucks. We're paying There's our top line eight million bucks because cap. we're strapped elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
like right. four and a half million in dead cap for you know Darling, Luongo, uh, Demar- Demers. Demers. Are we still paying Demers? This yep, is the final year. year, yeah. I thought last year was last year. Well, whatever. Nope. Off the bus. <laughs> yeah, and I, I also wanted to talk about the power play. Looks like it really hasn't missed a beat. And uh, you know, we had been talking about where does Keith Yandel provide value in the lineup on you know whether or not he should play or he should be benched. And there's been some questionable moments from him for sure. There were a couple of bad penalties. Uh, there was one today where he got a penalty without even being on the ice, but. I think he's been an integral part of what has been a power play that looks like it can score at will right now. It, it, it's, I, I don't know the exact number, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's hovering around 30% right now, which I don't think it will continue to be at, but that's yes. just extremely effective. I mean, yeah. the power play I mean, got the Panthers through this weekend on skate because oh, totally. at five on five, they were getting beaten at least edged by Detroit. And it was the special teams that really they were able to put their best players out there and they got the puck past Grice when they had trouble doing that at even strength. Yeah. Yeah. And Hornquist, I mean, my God, has he been good on the power play? Like it's, 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 you know, Roy talked about it when, when he first joined us that, you know, he's been in front of the net and doing the dirty work, but it's really more than just doing that. Like screening the goalie and being in front of the net is an art form. Like you saw it today on the Ekblad goal, which, you know, I'm going to plug Yandel a bit because he's taken a lot of shit the past few weeks. Like, that was a perfect pa- saucer pass. Like, he had to open up, skating backwards, perfect saucer to Ekblad. But then you had Hornquist standing directly in front of Grice the entire way from when the pass from Yandel to Ekblad, he was in front of Grice the entire time. And then literally half a second before the puck is reaching in the net, he slides out of the way to make sure he doesn't come in contact with the puck. And it's in the back of the net. Like, that is at like all the way across the board. The pass from Yandel, the shot from Ekblad, and Hornquist in front of the net. Absolutely perfect. You can't draw it up any better. And it takes players with unique skills to do that. Yandel had it on the pass, and Hornquist in front of the net. We've been seeing it from him all year. He is absolutely magic in front of the net, and it's not something just any big guy can right. do. Right. Like I, I was talking to my brother-in-law yeah, about uh, about this recently. And talking about like, oh, Nola Chari. Nola Chari is a big guy. He likes getting to those dirty areas too, but he doesn't quite have that hand eye with the tip ins and 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 those rebound cleanups. And he doesn't bully the goalie like Hornquist does. And he doesn't bully defenders in the crease offensively like like Hornquist does. It's a it's a very specific skill set. And Alex and Roy, you both hit it right on the head. Uh, Hornquist is a type of player that the Panthers haven't had since I've been following them, frankly. Yeah, and that's, that is what your power right. forward should be, Patrick Hornfred. Because right there in front of that, he is so big that not one goaltender can see it around him. So when you got that shot coming in, he's either going to deflect it or right. he's going to get out of the way. And that's huge. That is huge. To create traffic like that in front of that is a huge thing. And the Panthers haven't had that in a very long time. Yeah, like you said, Nolachar, he is like the, uh, hey, it'll go off my shins and go into the net because I was standing there. Hornquist is creating goals. And, you know, I'm not, not going to be, not to try to be Debbie Downer. I mean, five goals in six, five games or six games, that's not going to continue. He's not going to, you know, put up 30 goals in 50 games. But yes, he is. he's giving the Panthers exactly right. what they needed at 33 years old. And, you know, you just got to hope he can stay healthy and keep doing what he's doing. And, I mean, that, that trade was a win from day one. Yeah. But like, oh yeah, that was, absolutely. That was just highway robbery, and you're just kind of dunking on Penguins fans. I have a, I, my my best friend's a Penguins fan. And I text him every single time that uh, the Miso Horny thing that I think <laughs> Hockman made. Yeah, the, getting Matheson off of the team was a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah, you know, because he made mistake upon mistake upon mistake yeah. in his time here, and just he, he had. No matter how good of a person you might be, yeah, there isn't a non-disparagement clause about Matheson, Roy. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> no, that's just a no, classic no, uh, no. version of uh, addition by subtraction because they didn't really go out and find a second pairing defenseman. I mean, Gudis, you could say is second pairing caliber, but he's not playing on the second pairing. And you know, Marcus Nudevera, he doesn't really make mistakes, but also he's nothing special. 
And it just by not having Matheson in there, turning over the puck every other shift, the, I mean, there's still some issues to be sorted out with the defense, I think, but it's not as much of an issue as it was. The not making mistakes portion is very important yeah. in what you said there because that's right. what Matheson did. He made mistakes. So getting him off the team, you know, that's pretty good. So, yeah, I, I think it was I think it was probably – one of the better moves that Zito Absolutely. made in his. Uh, I do want to point the out the first that moves he made, and he won over Panthers fans immediately just by. I do want to point out that the GM that made that move just quit his job. <laughs> that, that, that's the other thing. He did resign. He did. All right. oh, 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 there you go, Penguins fans. Goodbye. Here's Mike yeah. Matheson. I'll see you later. <laughs> Could you imagine? You guys figured it out. My friends, Mike and Cody. You're going to love you guys. <laughs> anyway, I got to go. <laughs> uh, if only they still had good Branson. Yeah. Oh. Good Branson, Jack Johnson, oh. Matheson, CeCe. It's just well, like an all-star yeah. cast. Unfortunately, wait, wait, two of them Jack aren't Johnson. there anymore. Jack no, Johnson? He's, he's on the Rangers. Jack Johnson's on the yeah, Rangers. He yeah. was with the Penguins. Yeah, if we could year. just create a, a, yeah, a defense core of the worst people that have been on the Penguins in the last two or three years. It would be outstanding. <laughs> well, 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 real quick, because of this topic, I mean, look, we're, anyone feel bad for Tony D'Angelo? No. 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 Absolutely not. No. 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 Okay. I feel bad because he's on my fantasy team and it blew up into my face just like you said it would take him. Look, man, we were at <laughs> the draft and you took him and I was like, mm, no, bad move. Nope. Fuck that guy. To be fair, I, I, I didn't expect yeah. him to hit waivers, but... <laughs> I, I feel bad that it's just come to this. I like I expect people to I feel bad that it took this long. When confronted with the you know weight of their behavior. Because you know, I ultimately don't believe that ninety-nine point nine percent of people are just set in their ways for life. I think that you can that yeah. people can change. And it's just sad that that hasn't happened in the situation. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Uh, people can change yeah, maybe 30% of the population, but that's about it. This guy, is like I said earlier on, uh, on Twitter, you can't be a racist asshole and be a terrible hockey player. <laughs> at the same time. That's not going to get points, it's, and that's not going to... It's just a shame that only anything. one of those gets you kicked off a team. Yeah. Yeah, That's, and he's a terrible hockey player, just like Jack Johnson has been a terrible. Yeah, they've had some other season. terrible defensemen. I think the reason that he got kicked off the team is that he's been a terrible teammate. Well, yeah, it was, that whole yes. last year he was a terrible teammate, but he was really good out no now. And, I mean, come on, he the guy tried to keep a rookie's first goal puck just to be a dick. Like that's that's bullshit. I mean, that, that's a thing you do in the locker room, like. Hey, someone scores their first goal and you hide the puck from him and you give him a different puck that you guys beat to shit. Now, and you're like, oh yeah, here's your puck. But like, no, he legitimately <laughs> just tried to keep the guy's puck for no reason. Now, now that was Conjure I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've got an interesting question to ask about yeah. that uh, situation. He didn't do that uh, with Alexi Lafreniere's goal, did he? I don't believe he, he might did. not have been on the ice for it. Oh, he would have got so, cut earlier. So, so what is the that. very interesting difference here between Alexi Lafreniere and Keandre Miller? Hmm. Did he play in that game well, against Laf? Um, I'm, I'm pointing at my, I'm pointing at my skin right now. <laughs> yeah, because Laf is Russian, right? We, we're Lafreniere. He's he, yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely Russian. <laughs> yeah, <for sure. laughs> I'm thinking Panera. My bad. Oh, I thought you were making no, a oops. joke about some <laughs> no. sort of collusion. I'm just uh, surprised that they were on the ice at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have thought that the Rangers would do that. Yeah. So yeah, I but just, anyway, whatever. I, I am curious as to what is going to happen with him. You know, there's totally a scenario where one of these teams, which is probably full of other guys that like Donald Trump that play for them, will pick him up and they'll say, you know, we, we think we can change him. And there's also a, a situation where he's just out of the league. Oh my God, Columbus is going to pick him up. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, they do stand yeah. for the national. I see Tortorella deal with decoy oh, yeah. Tony D'Angelo. Tortorella against Anthony D'Angelo. Oh my this is God. Where I wish we had rights to certain sound because I, I just love the Stephen A. Smith. The United States Tortorella. <laughs> I love that sound. Well, well, I love it. Well, keep in mind the, the Rangers during the, the whole George Floyd uh, murder and subsequent protests 
were the second to last team to speak out about this in the National Hockey League. And it was a two-sentence statement, and they didn't even mention his name. So there's uh, there's some stuff with Dolan as well. I, I, I think he might have been a Trump donor. I don't know for sure. No, I think Dolan actually donated to both parties. Most owners will donate to both parties. A lot of very wealthy people donate to both parties so they can so they can play both sides yeah. like that. So they can you know grease the yeah. rails, you know. Yeah, it wasn't like Mickey Harrison, like he gives like the most donations to like some random house race in Ohio because the guy who wins every year is on the uh, committee that that does everything with cruise lines. <laughs> so it's like curious. Yeah, what makes yeah. sense. Welcome to the <laughs> to, to the meme stocks and politics uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, Welcome to America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, we got two minorities on the pod today. We got to get it in. Yeah. It do, do, can we count three because you're Cuban, Alex, or uh, does that not count as minority? Wait, you who was the other minority here? Jewish. Here? <laughs> <laughs> Jewish. That counts. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> That's fair. not going to say anything. <laughs> so congratulations, TJ, on being the only fully white American Christian. Wait, I'm in a podcast. minority. I'm left-handed. You did it, TJ. No, I'm not. Hey! Oh. <laughs> I'm just having fun on a hockey podcast. Yeah, so every, everybody's having fun. <laughs> uh, you were just trying to direct traffic to another <laughs> subject. That's Awkward transition. Awkward transition. <laughs> okay, so guys, is this 5-0-1 start real? No. What do you guys think? It's real well, for okay. playing against the teams they played against. Right. It, yes, it's a product it, of the division. And it's a product of playing only the division. It, yes. It's real this is a weak division. played Chicago, North is pretty bad. and Detroit. It's not real. And you played Columbus without Dubois and Lina. against like Tampa, right. Carolina, and Dallas. Yes. Right. I mean, however, they have played, you know, probably three of the five, the, the worst teams in the division so far, considering Columbus was without their then number one center and now number one winger. So that helps. But the underlying numbers have been good. It's not like they're winning games despite getting outshot and outchanced. They're playing good hockey. But like you would expect this Panthers team to be able to dominate games like that. Yes. Four of our six games have been against the two worst teams in the league. You did bring up a good point there. Uh, the Panthers hit that uh, short, little, narrow window of DeBron yeah. being there and Line A not yeah. there in Columbus. That is it's nice. perfect nice. timing. It's nice. That's good luck. I mean, yeah, they're not going to play at an 11 out of 12 point pace the entire season. But, I mean, when, when it's a 56-game season, 56-54, you know, starting out with 11 points in 12 games, essentially a five-and-a-half-game win streak, like, that goes a long way to making the playoffs. So it, it is a good start. No, it's not sustainable. They're going to have some bad nights against, you know, Tampa and whatnot, because Tampa and Carolina are still by far better than both of yeah. them, than the Panthers. Um, Bobrovsky still needs to be better. I mean, he Panthers dominated that first game against Columbus and Bobrovsky is the only reason it went to overtime. Yes. Bobrovsky was good in overtime in the shootout. Oh, he was great. That game should have been, that game should have been one. Of oh, he games. let in some terrible goals yeah. in that game. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. I mean, but Bob needs to be better. He was good last night. I mean, that first goal, we can talk about the rebound. I mean, I need to see it from a different angle to see if it was trickier than it looked, but well, there's two goals that he let in off of the rebound in, in regulation, so that's, uh, he needs to sure that up and uh, at least redirect it towards the, the corner, at least. Not just leave it there in the <laughs> no, crease. I, I agree. That's why I'm saying I, I need a different angle for the first one because there's, there's ways if, if that shot is – the way the angle is on that shot, it's actually really hard to get it into the corner, and you're kind of only stuck with putting it out right in front of you. So there's ways that's reasons it could not, it might not be Bob's fault. But from what I saw, he should have done a better job on that rebound yeah. on the first goal. The second goal, I don't blame him on like that one. Like it's a good shot and good play. And I think that was a power play goal, if I remember right. So, you know, I don't have a problem there. Trigger's been good. He was awful in the preseason scrimmages. Yeah. He's been nothing oh my but goodness. solid so far. I mean, Texier embarrassed him in the shootout, but like that could have happened that to happened. anybody. That happens to anyone. That was a great like, move. A, yeah, it's a great move, right. It's a great move. So, But, like, Drager's giving you exactly what you needed. And so far, in this season where you're playing, I mean, somehow they have four days off because that makes sense after having so many date games canceled. 
but you know they're going to be playing almost every other night or back to back most of the season. Like Drieger's going to get fifteen to twenty starts this year, and it, it's and he you know you need him to be good, and so far he has. Been. I think he's going to get like um, more than twenty five. I think that frankly they're going to be basically swapping goalies every single game because of the condensed schedule. And I mean they're going to have to. The way that Bob is looking right now, I don't think that you can justify having him as the undeniable starter for much longer unless he picks it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, it seems like it's, they're going to share it to like 60-40. It should be 60-40 in favor of Drieger. Yeah, but I think it, it, it's not really going to matter who they designate as the starter and who they designate as the backup because they're going to just continuously be rotating because of the condensed schedule. I mean, that's the best way to do it. I know that's how Columbus is doing it this year, and yeah. they're not going to go off of it unless someone goes on a tear or someone gets hurt. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to manage your goalies in this in this season yeah. because going with a workhorse, like even though the travel is not nearly as bad unless it's the North Division, like you just – it's a lot. Like it's a lot on the knees. It's a lot like you need to be resting your goalies and, you know, being able to just like, you know, sit and watch today with Bob playing Detroit. Like that was – you know, it's good. You need to be doing that. And this is the direction that the league is going in anyway. If you look at the right. teams yeah. with the best goaltending, it's Boston, it's Boston. Dallas, <laughs> it's Columbus. It's these teams that have been giving one guy 45 starts and the other guy 37. It's it's yeah. like not even 60-40. It's like 55-45, maybe even 52-48. Yeah. Do the Panthers have any good goalies in the pipeline? We have uh, two. I Hmm. Yeah. A guy that played in the, uh, in the the junior championship, and then the other guy that played in that as well. Yeah, I think. And they guy. both. And the other and, guy. And they both tied the all-time yeah. record for shutouts in a World Junior Championship tournament. Yeah, I believe so. I believe is that the, good. The what, what is new high score medalist? <laughs> <laughs> is that good? And by the way, did you guys I'm see? I'm just looking that... on the uh, on the evolving hockey uh, goalie table here because I like doing that, uh, and considering that most teams are generally using two goalies with a few exceptions. Um, I lost him. Hold on. Where, I was going to say, Devin Chris Levi. Drieger, uh, if, when sorted by goal saved above expected, Chris Drieger is sitting at 25th in the league with 0.22 goal saved above expected. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky is 48th with negative 2.74. So he's below backup goaltender. Granted. At this point. It's been two it's games been, or three games. They've, they've each played three games, basically. Yeah. Which just makes just that say, number right. a little bit more gaudy for Bob that he's already given up almost three extra right. goals. That's like one I, goal that an average goalie wouldn't give up per game. And he missed training. Right. Yeah, I think that's part of it. That's the other thing. Yeah, I mean, Bob is a notoriously slow starter, and, this did, and missing training camp certainly didn't help. But, I mean, like I said earlier, he's got to be better. I mean, his first two starts, like – you know, he had some bad goals, but like there was also like the goal of no, you're in the NHL, you cannot give up this goal. Yeah. And that can't happen on a nightly yeah. basis. I mean, the difference between last year and this year is that Bob was losing you games. This year the team in front of him and it's also been the opponent. Like Bob is getting sending games to overtime that should have been won in regulation. And there's and the mm-hmm. Panthers are still winning the game. So the only thing that's Bob's really cost them is regulation win tiebreakers. Right. But he needs to be better. Well, that's a huge, huge thing this season. Maybe he could have gotten away with that uh, if the schedule was normal. But since he's playing, since the team is playing the division right. the entire season, you can't get away with that. That's a huge. That's huge. I agree. I'm just saying it's better than last year where Bob would throw a stinker and the Panthers would lose in regulation. At least they're you know Bob's throwing a stinker yeah. and it's a shootout win. It's like all right, hey, at least we still got two points. I, Roy, you're 100 percent right. Like every game is a four point game, and you basically gave Columbus a free point. Chicago, who cares about giving them a free point because they're going to be at the bottom of the league? But like you gave a team you're going to be fighting for for one of those yeah. last two playoff spots a free point by giving up a really bad goal shorthand. Yeah, terrible. And the Panthers are going to be doing a lot of a lot of those games against the people they are going to be competing specifically against Dallas, Detroit, or sorry, not Detroit, Dallas, Nashville, Columbus. and Columbus. I hope they don't, I hope they don't yeah. compete with Detroit. For what? <laughs> those are the three, those are the four teams, the Panthers, the stars, the jackets, and the predators. Those four teams are going to be battling 
all yeah, year for those last two yeah. playoff spots out of the central division. Yeah. No other That's division really has yeah. a, a, a bell curve the way the, the way that the central does where you have the two teams pretty clearly at the top, the two teams pretty clearly at the bottom and then four that could finish in any order right in the middle. And the Stars have also dealt with postponed right. games as well, so they're in the same. Hurricanes as well, they've won, and they've won all their games too. And they've won all their games. Like this, this, this division is going to get really tight at the right. top. Really so you can't be giving away those those loser points, right? Yeah, because that's that's going to screw you. Even up. while gaining right. the extra point, it's not the end of the world, but at the same time, like can't be doing it there's going to be somebody in that group that's going to regress and they're just going to be out of the race i think like 40 games in and then there's a good chance that one of those teams is way better than we expect and they're going to be closer to carolina than the rest and so that game against columbus might be really costly it might not mean that much time will tell uh yeah I wanted to go back to Bob and quickly bring up what I, I was saying about how the long break was going to help him coming into the season. Uh, having COVID and not really having a training camp kind of offsets that. So I wonder if while he gets further away from that and, you know, gets more reps, gets more practices, if he's going to improve. I mean, we thought that last year and it never, it, it's kind of happened, but not to the extent we wanted it to. Uh, I mean, we'll see. Uh, but he, he everyone, also was way overworked by Columbus the year yeah. before coming here. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and then, you know, you throw COVID in there and everyone, I mean, we don't know if he was symptomatic COVID or asymptomatic, but, you know, everyone reacts to COVID differently. I mean, Jimmy Butler came off symptomatic COVID and had a monster game last night. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, uh, uh, who's the DN for the Browns that Mike Ryan was talking about, Garrett, uh, had Miles Garrett had symptomatic COVID and was a shell of himself all season. Like everyone is different, and like who knows how you know Bob is dealing with you know his post COVID symptoms. But it's the world we live in at these days. It's like you know, you know, some guys are fine, some aren't, and then some even worse end up with myocarditis. Like what looks like what happened with the Minnesota prospect uh, Marco Ross. Mm-hmm. I think I'm getting that first name right. Like, you are. Okay, yeah, it's just, it's, it's scary. But uh, let's do another uh, awkward transition because we're really good at this radio stuff. <laughs> um, I mean, we, we've, t- we've talked about it a bunch, but let's kind of get it on record. What's everyone's favorite new Panther so far? I mean, the options are really, you know, Carter Verhage, Duclair, Wenberg, and then Nudavaro slash Forsley. Hornquist is also in that conversation. Hornquist will definitely be a, a very a popular answer to that question among the Panthers fan base. I'm not sure. Uh, among the four of us, though, Roy, he was the first one that came to your mind. So why don't you uh, start us out? Who, who of uh, who of the many, many new Panthers uh, is your favorite so far this season? Well, based off of Saturday's game, if you look at the third line, the Hepodiemi uh, uh, Achari Laminko line, uh, that was pretty nice to watch. Them getting their extra shifts and Hepodiemi getting his extra shifts in overtime. I mean, you saw he he was up there. And then he ended up getting the game winning goal. So that was nice. That was really nice to see right there. So I, I, I got to put him up there and see how rookie, he does right. for the rest of the season. Roy going off the yeah. board. Uh, you know what? I appreciate the, the Hepaniemi New Panther uh, pick there. I, I think it's pretty pretty obvious that mine is Carter Verhage. Uh, uh, obviously, that goes without saying. That's why I didn't pick <laughs> That's the rule. We all have to pick someone different. That's why I went second. Uh, <laughs> I will pick someone different. Then. I mean, that's an easy yeah. pick. So me going yeah. off the board, yeah. like uh, uh, right. uh, Miami <laughs> being uh, being a former, technically a former point to point guest. Uh, that yeah, we that's did right. A whole episode with him. We got uh, just a five minute spot at Dev Camp in was it twenty eighteen? TJ, uh, probably. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll go and I'll, I'll steal the last obvious one. I really like what I've seen from Duclair. Like. I mean, I remember him, like, watching him as a, an opponent of the Panther being, like, a pretty good offensive player. But I didn't realize how fast oh, he is. Yeah. And he's oh, he blowing really past fast. people. I mean, he almost had an amazing highlight reel goal today where he took it wide and then basically made a hard cut on a dime at the goal line and tried to bring it in front of the net and the puck rolled off his stick. But, like, that would have been a highlight reel goal that would have been on the season-ending highlight reel if, he had been, if that puck would have stayed on his stick because he would have blown right past Grice and put it around him. 
and it would have been a great goal. But I am just extremely pleasantly surprised at how good he's been. And his defense hasn't been terrible. I mean, that line, ha- you know, the Barkov line has been buried in the defensive zone a couple of times. You know, it usually happens like once or twice per game where they'll just get buried in the zone and the buck will get cycled for a good minute, minute and a half. But like overall, they've been one of the best lines in hockey and Duclair has, you know, definitely carried his weight while doing it. So, uh, I, 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 yeah, I mean a bad turnover at the blue line and he's off, he's off to the races. He's gone. It's it's very, Duclair's a really interesting case because we, obviously we signed him to score goals. He, he was coming off that 23 goal season with Ottawa where he essentially, he, he was the, I'll do it all myself guy for Ottawa. And, and he had a fantastic season. We see that speed and that ability to, to get the puck into the net, pick him up for a year at 1.7. Here he is, zero goals, six assists, or seven assists maybe after tonight. I think he got, uh, I think he got one tonight uh, yeah. in six games. Because it's, it's in, in, when he's not in that position where he has to be the guy to do it himself, he's got Sasha Barkov and Carter Verhage there to help him out. He, he hasn't found the net no yet, but tonight. that has that has no impact on the fact that he's been a really, really great pickup, even though maybe not what maybe not in the way that people expected, but all of a sudden he's a playmate. <laughs> so he's gonna have a career assists year this year with Barkov and Verhage. Uh, I mean, that's kind of the mantra of coming to the Panthers. You come to the Panthers and you forget how to score. I mean, I think Mike Hoffman. Unless you're Brendan Peary. Kind of... <laughs> Brandon Peary. Yeah. Brandon. Brandon Peary. Brandon Peary. And that only lasted for like four weeks. But Jimmy Hayes, can't forget him. There's, there's, a, there's oh, another Jimmy one who loves to score off the shins. Yeah. Whoever, yeah. I mean, trading him for uh, for Riley, Riley Smith. That was a re- that was a really good trade. Great. Yeah. We should Riley Smith, and he's on a great contract too. He's he's really good in the Panthers second line, right? I, yeah. I will never right forgive <laughs> Panthers Twitter for thinking that Riley Smith is overpaid. And I think that I might might have been part of that uh, when Smith first uh, signed that extension. But uh, what a, what hey, a bargain have, he is for, for the kind of now, player that he's turned into. Now we have a new Marcia So and Smith. I just don't know if Duclair or Ray No, we mostly have a new Marcia So. Yeah, we, have well, we don't really have a new Riley Smith. Bill Zio, if you screw up the expansion draft, <laughs> I will find you. All I don't right. know what I'm going to do, but I'll find you. All right. Of the, of the options available, I think I'm going to go Radko Gudis. I think that <laughs> he has been a steady Jeez. presence. We ran out of uh, Patrick Hornquist steady... is still on the board, TJ. Are you sure? <laughs> well, I mean, we've already talked about Hornquist so much. I think that uh, Gudis, we should talk about how him and Yandel have been on the plus end of the goals that are getting scored for the Panthers way more than the minus ends. And I know that plus minus doesn't really mean anything, but the, the two just mesh. I mean, their styles are yin and yang. So it's not exactly a, a huge shock that when putting them together, they can kind of cover each other's deficiencies, but he, he's been a real studying presence to the third pairing, which, you know, Oh, the third pairing. It's not so hard to have a decent third pairing, but it was a real issue for the Panthers last yeah. year. And it's, it's not yeah. an issue now. I mean, the, he's doing a great job there. I mean, the penalty kill has been really steady ever since it kind of had a rough start against the Blackhawks. Yeah. But uh, I don't think they gave up a power play goal against Detroit. I might be wrong about that, but. I think they gave up one yesterday. Yeah, they totally did. I think Bertuzzi's okay, yeah. goal might have been a power play. I might be wrong. Yeah, I, the, I, the, I couldn't the, the, the one of the really soft slash against uh, Huberto in the third. Um, but yeah, they did give a power. But the, the penalty kill has been a lot better. I mean, to be fair, they played two teams with awful power plays, but the penalty kill has been better. And I mean, I, I do agree with you, TJ, that that Gudis Yandel pairing has surprisingly been good. Like, Gudis has done a good job of covering up for Yandel's you know, defensive gaffes. I mean, there have been some goals against, but overall, like, that's been a good pairing that's you know worked out well for them. Uh, and that's our favorite new Panthers, I would have to say. Okay. Nobody nobody gave any Ryan Lomberg love? I'm shocked. Oh, Does he count? <laughs> he he's on the taxi squad now. <laughs> Got uh Hepiniemi, Verhage, uh Alex said Duclair and Gudis. Patrick Hornfist, apparently you uh, have an impression. While we're talking us. about Duclair. <laughs> 
while we're talking about Duclair, the Panthers need to play Stevie Wonder, Sir Duke, every time he scores. No, they need to play two live crew every time he scores. Oh, man. <laughs> Why two live crew, though? Do they have a song that mentions Duke? <laughs> I'm hoping this is a joke, TJ. I don't know of the song. I, I just know the one that goes like, don't stop, don't get that. Uh, you know, that one. Yes, yes, that one. <laughs> I don't want to butcher it. Just, just look. Cause you know, number two. You know, just, just look up me so horny, TJ. Okay. You're the you're <laughs> the music guy on this podcast. How do you not know Two Live Crew? I just don't know them that well. Yeah, TJ. I personally am extremely disappointed in you. <laughs> I mean, I'm like the least music cultured person in the world, and I still know Two Live Crew. They're not a very uh, Christian uh, type uh, musical act. <laughs> They're definitely not. No, no, no. Look, any any disrespect to Uncle Luke was unintentional. I just uh, want to throw that out there. Right, right. Uncle Luke, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a Miami sports legend. He is. He definitely is. <laughs> he definitely yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> All right. Uh, thoughts on the rest of the Central, guys? Uh, I mean, the Panthers... You know, that's who they're going to see the entire season. Um, I think we're kind of all in agreement that uh, Detroit and uh, one of Roy's favorite teams, Chicago, are going to kind of bring up the rear. But uh, what, have, what have you thought so far about – I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming you guys have watched the other teams play. What are your thoughts on the Lightning so far, Stars, Carolina, et cetera? Well, I assume that the Lightning are going to end up winning the division. Uh, going on a tear against, again, teams like Chicago and Detroit. Uh, I mean, that's going to be pretty easy. I mean, like, I don't, well, they played Chicago twice already, and they beat them both times. So, what, they yeah. have, so they got, what, four more games against them? Plus yeah, uh, six, it's six, six versus yeah. Detroit. So that's going to be what, ten more games. Yeah, that's uh, that's twenty points right there. I don't expect them. <laughs> I don't expect them to lose. Not, not even teams. an OTL from Roy. No, nope. all in regulation. <laughs> Those are going to be. I, I'm not even sure I disagree. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Lightning are just that good. I, I mean, I could see Thomas Grice like stealing a game, but like, yeah, I mean, I, you you can take that. You can take at least eighteen points to the bank in those ten ten games for. For Tampa. Mm-hmm. You don't want to ever really be super black and white about stuff like this, but I feel like there's been four teams that have been good and there's been four teams that have been bad. Like Dallas, uh, Carolina, Tampa, which we expected, and the Panthers have all been good. And the other teams, Nashville, Columbus, and the, the two we expected again, Chicago and Detroit, have all struggled. Yeah. But, if you look yeah. at the standings, you, you see a little bit of symmetry in the records that like Dallas, Carolina, and Florida have. They're all like four zero and one, five zero and one, something like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean Carolina's five and one, Tampa is four one and one. I mean Nashville, they're four and four, but that that was a team like they have the pieces to contend. But you know, if you were going to pick a team to be in the bottom, and the two that didn't make of the four we've been talking about, Nashville was a pretty safe choice. And then, you know, you got the Panthers, Columbus, and Dallas, really, as the three teams that are probably slightly better than Nashville. Nashville really hasn't put it together yet, so I don't know. Maybe that comes in the future, but they've got a lot to figure out. Um, Dallas. And we don't, we don't expect Columbus to continue struggling. No. Uh, now, now that, again, not to the this distraction extent. off. And now they got – yeah, not to this extent. Now that they got uh, Line A on the team – I, I suppose they're going to end up being better than what they were. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about it again before we started recording, before you joined us, Roy, but uh, I, I think we all kind of agree that Patrick Laine is going to put up a lot of goals for Columbus. He's going to fit pretty well on that team. I don't think he stays there long term, but I think he's not going to pout like he was in Winnipeg, and he's going to put up some points and set himself up for a huge payday in free agency two years from now. You don't think that Patrick Laine is a John Tortorella type player? I don't think he's a Columbus type player. I mean, no, no one wants to play there, and it's, it's for a reason because Ohio sucks. I'm not a bitter yeah. University of Miami fan at all. Mm. Ohio does, it does suck. suck. It's pretty terrible. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's, it's not. It's not great. 
Also, Ezekiel Elliott is overrated. Maurice Claret is overrated. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's his name? Aaron, uh, uh, basketball player from like 2011. Oh, he was so hateable. Aaron. Gray Golden. Uh, yeah. Oh, that guy. That guy that lost to uh, Yes, David. I know. Yes. He was so <laughs> hateable. He would just flop all the time. I know who, exactly who you're talking about. Is it Aaron Kraft? Aaron Croft or Kraft or something like that. Yeah. Aaron Kraft. Yeah. I, I was at Indiana uh, when when Ohio State had Aaron Kraft. And God, I hated play. Did not like watching him play. And you guys got way better NBA guys than Ohio State from the same time. The only exception is like D'Angelo Russell, but Oladipo is probably a more impactful. That's my man, Victor Oladipo. What's Cody Zeller up to these days? There's way too many Zeller brothers. I know. He's not in a. There's two of them. I could have sworn he's doing. No, there's like four of them. He probably is. I know a friend of mine in college was dating the Zeller brother that was at Duke, and he was. That's Tyler. Yeah, she was like. Cody went. She was like five one, and he was seven two, and they would stand next to each other, and it was like you would like talk to you like talking to them together, and you'd be like, "Hey, Jessica, how you doing? Hey, Tyler, how you doing?" (laughs) Perfect visual medium right there. Uh, There is a third brother. There is Luke Zeller. Uh, I believe Luke Zeller is the only. The third one is always called Luke. Yeah, I guess the Hughes also. Uh, Luke Zeller is the only one described as a former professional basketball player. Uh, so so take that it. for what it's worth. Yeah, he ain't make it. Roy was right that Cody's with uh, Charlotte. But is he is he good? No. No. They're like the Plumleys. They just exist oh. because they're huge, but they're not oh, God, good. The Plumleys. I forgot about them. Ah, uh, the Plumleys. <laughs> The Zellers were like the next big thing. Like when I was at Indiana, Cody Zeller was like big man on campus. Vic, not even Victor Oladipo could match that popularity. Nah. I mean, it was, it was nuts. The, the BMOC. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I always preferred Oladipo, but I, I remember one one off season, one one summer. I remember talking to some friends and saying, like, if Oladipo can just work on that jumper, he's going to be a better NBA player. Than Cody Zeller. There you go, Captain Obvious. There you go. Yeah. Look, he spent the summer working on his jumper. And he went number two. And now and, Victor uh, Oladipo is the best NBA player to come out of uh, to come out of Indiana since that one season that Yogi Ferrell went on a friggin' tear. Ah, Yogi Ferrell. <laughs> I think he's still on a team, by the way. I mean, we're getting to the point where I'm just gonna have to Stu Gotts this and be like, oh yeah, the Deeks got a straight good two guard. <laughs> If they get the right coach, they can go all the way to the Sweet 16. Don't be surprised. Yeah, college basketball. Go ahead. Look, I have pretty much exhausted my ability to talk about basketball at this point. So, yeah. <laughs> the 2011, anyway, uh, 2012, and 2013 Indiana University basketball teams. That's my knowledge. <laughs> that's it. Uh, anyway. So, uh, a couple of games against Nashville coming up. And I think that that'll, even though I was talking about them still having kind of a rougher start to the season, that's the biggest test that the Panthers will have had thus far. In terms of roster, so, talent, I agree completely. I think Columbus will end up higher than them in the standings because Columbus loves to overplay their talent level. But I, I, yeah. I do agree that in terms of quality of opponent, that's by far going to be the Panthers' toughest test of the year. So what do we expect to see in that series? Do you think that... Florida is just going to continue to kind of run over a team yeah. that is below them right now in the standings, or is it going to be a little bit more challenging? I'd be very surprised if they run over Nashville. What do you think, Roy? Yeah, me too. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they came out with a split in in regulation, by the way. My regulation loss. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I mean, it's not the end of the world. You would like to get at least three points against the team you're going to be competing with, but you're right. I mean, a split kind of would make sense. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. Again, that's why you really need to bank all of your points against the bottom team because that's where we're going to determine who makes misses and makes the playoffs. See, Saros is just so. Bad. I expected so much more out of him. Like I expected Saros to just yeah. seamlessly take over for Rene, and now they had to. You know, they had to go. They had to draft uh, Askarov this year because Saros is just plateaued. Like he plateaued as a a fringe backup goalie when I expected him to be a high-end number one. What'd you find? I'm yeah. sorry. I, I kind of have to – it's 
So going back to this chart, Chris Drieger, we agreed is uh, 27th or 25th, sorry, 25th on the, uh, on the list sorted by goal saved above expected with 0.22. UC Soros is 26th. <laughs> oh boy. With negative 0.02. So Chris Drieger is actually the last goalie on the list with a positive goal saved above expected. <laughs> well, maybe you should start against Nashville this uh, I mean, series. Now. <laughs> well, I mean, he's going to get a start. I, I think they're going to continue to rotate. Yeah. They're going to continue starting Bob once, starting Drieger once. Uh, just for context, Rene is uh, 58th on this list of 62. So that Bob Rene matchup will be the Titans of goaltending going at each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or or is it going to be the other way? Are we going to get Drieger versus Rene and uh, Saros versus Bob? So we both we both get to just crush a goalie for a game. Or Jacob, I'm not start Drieger back to back. I doubt that happens. Yeah, no way. <laughs> yeah, I that don't know. Nashville, cool, Nashville's I, a tricky one. I, I really don't know what to make of Nashville this year. They like usually I'm pretty confident saying that Nashville's a good team, but they've just been mm-hmm. so weird for the last like two seasons, and their goalie situation is so weird, but like in a way that's very similar to ours. I, I don't know. The Predators kind of remind me of the Panthers a little bit. They, they've got that they've got the, my, uh, household names. They've got like the Forsberg and Duchesne and they, like Ryan Ellis, uh, Roman Yossi. They've got some household names, some names that you would expect to be able to win games. But then what? Let me put on my Canadian tuxedo and, uh, you know, don my uh, good old boy uh, accent and, and remind you guys it, it is very difficult to be any good in this league if you don't have a number one center and they have tried to get the number one center for so long and just whiffed yeah Matt Duchesne whiffed Ryan Johansson whiffed Paris. Nick Benino I mean they didn't mean for him Nick to be Benino was center. never supposed to be yeah. a number one center. but they paid him a lot of money yeah Kyle Turris whiffed yeah, that... they have just whiffed on centers harder than anybody else in the national hockey and they've league. tried like I mean like, I thought Duchesne was going to work. I thought Terrace was going to work. Like, they've made good signings and good acquisitions, and it just doesn't work out. It, it's weird that Duchesne didn't work, right? Yeah. Like, that's weird. There's no reason that Matt Duchesne skating between, say, I don't Phil know. Phil Forsberg. Arvidsson and Forsberg shouldn't be a good line. I mean, maybe there's something off ice with Duchesne. Like, you know, he wanted to be a national for the nightlife. Maybe he's enjoying the nightlife too much. I don't know, but, like, I'm – I just don't know how it dev- it, they can't get it right, and it doesn't make sense. It's weird that that actually might be true because Matt Duchesne moonlights as a country singer. Does so. he really? I know he loves country, yeah. but I yeah. didn't know he actually sang. He like goes to bars in Nashville and plays. That's funny yeah. as hell. That's oh, pretty cool. Man. It's a lot like how like Mika Zibanejad in the off season is a DJ in Sweden. See, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, look look at DJ Zbad. It's hilarious. So he's basically yeah. Ronnie Cycling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Future Miami legend, Mika Zibanejad. <laughs> he's going to be wearing a mask over like a Mickey Mouse or a mushroom. A mushroom. Oh, head. my goodness. Yeah, catch, catch him at a story. By the way, is anyone surprised <laughs> that he's not, you know, playing like a top five center in the NHL this year? Because I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm I mean, not. Sorry. He had all these, you know, Rangers players who just played absolutely way above their head at the same time last year to get them into the, you know, the play-in series. And all of a sudden, most of them, everyone except Panarin isn't repeating it. I wonder why. Maybe because they were all second and third line players and not first line, elite first line players like you got last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shesterkin, like he's a good goalie. Yeah. What a, what a gong show. But he's not. 41 goals in 57 games last year for Zibanejad. Yeah. Two points that's unbelievable. So far this yeah, that's, uh, that's a In nice stretch right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. What was that Victor Arvidsson? Uh, uh, he had something similar like a year or two years ago. ago he was amazing. He had like... Terrible. Yeah. Nash- Nashville, you just can't get a read on, on their guys. Arvidsson you, had 34 goals in 58 games. I mean, Subban uh, was the same way. I, I had like a mock awards ballot. Obviously, I will never have a vote. But that the, the season before the uh, the year that preceded them trading him, I was like, you know, he's on my Norris ballot. And then he just completely fell off a cliff. You know what? I have a new theory. Uh, and Nashville, like Florida, 
is where good players go to die. It is where good players go to kill their careers. They go to retire. I guess here they come to retire. Yeah, they're Nashville for some reason just ruins good players. I mean, it's don't look nice. at it. Don't don't be too hard on yourself, TJ. I work in media and I don't have a vote. <laughs> Unless your name is Ryan Ellis, Roman Yossi, or Matias Echol, or Philip Those three Forsberg, have been very good the whole time. I mean, even Philip Forsberg, we thought he was going to be well, we the Royal we, maybe in this case, thought thought he was going to be an elite forward, and he's just kind of like uh, he's a top six forward, but I don't know if I would ever uh, he's a first line vote forward. him for the heart. Uh, career high sixty four points in sixty seven games. That's not bad. I mean, he's a first line. Forward. No, but I mean. I, I sort of thought he was going to take the next step and be like, I mean, he's had a superstar guy. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's fair to say. Four goals in eight games to kick off this season. He's having a good start. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.